0: I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer.
1: Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path Where fear has gone, there will be nothing
0: Only I will remain
1: Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune Enjoy the conversation Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. This is the listener feedback show for the Dune miniseries that aired on the Sci-Fi Channel in the year 2000. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Jim, the Loot Man Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and in order to get that joke, if you did not listen to the main show, you will want to listen to it because... Jim went off on a tangent about how he was playing, they were playing a lute and not a ballast set in the Dune miniseries. So. <laughs> shame on them for getting it wrong, sci-fi channels. Shame, shame. <laughs> so that's it. You invite a music teacher to the podcast and look what happens.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, it's great to be back, guys, just chatting and hearing not only, uh, your feedback, but also uh, hearing the feedback from our great listeners here on the show as they talk about the miniseries and the many things that, uh, and and in many ways some other things that they've been watching and talking about how they got into Dune. And I'm going to be honest, I love I like the main show, but I love hearing from our listeners this way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's, they're both pretty equal to me. Sometimes I love the listener feedback show a little bit more. You know, it's great to get a, a feel for what everyone's thinking and that knowing that they're listening and and want to chime in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's always great to hear from you folks. And, you know, one of the ways you can do this is is, is by calling in. And so next, next month, we are going to be reading Dune Messiah. That's a book that's on the docket. And hopefully you started it by the time you hear this, because if you haven't, uh, the good thing is it 's a it 's a quick it 's a quick read, um, but we want to hear your thoughts about dune messiah and you can one of the ways you can get it to us is by calling in to our listener line at one two six zero five five one two six zero five seven seven chat and that 's one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight it 's a great way we love to play voicemails. we love for those of you that write and realize that some of you don 't want to hear your voice on the podcast and that's fine. We're okay with that. But we also love to get those in as well. Mm-hmm. And you can email us on MP3 as well if you'd rather do it that way. Yeah,
0: and yeah. if you want to email us, just send it to DunsakaPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, you definitely want to do that. Um, well,
0: we have some exciting things that have ha- that are happening
1: with the show. So before we get into the listener feedback, why don't we talk about some of the excitement that's surrounding the Dunsaka Podcast?
0: Yeah, all of you out there have been really supportive of us, and yeah, and we're, we're grateful for that. We- I can't say thank you enough, Uh, but as you can imagine, doing a show like this is something that actually has a price tag behind it, Um, and we're never going to charge you for the show, of course. Absolutely not. But if you ever feel like you'd be willing to support us uh, financially, and this is international or in the States, there's a great website called Patreon, and what Patreon is out out there to do is to help people creating art to uh, get the support that they need. Uh, from their patrons. And you can, uh, we're doing a mo- monthly, month by month campaign. So you can go in and say, Hey, I love the podcast. I would love to give you a dollar a month. And our rewards, we have ro- our rewards uh, stages and. Uh, depending on how much you get, you, there's different kinds of rewards as, as far as like, um, joining us in a quarterly Google Hangout, uh, maybe watching that Google Hangout, or maybe even guest hosting on the show. Yeah. That'd uh, be that's, awesome. That's one of the things that we have out there. So if you visit, visit that's patreon.com slash dunesaga podcast, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Uh, and you can have all the options there. You can see what the rewards are. Uh, anything is a huge help. We've got some, all different types of expenses, hosting, all that kind of stuff. Each of us buy the books every month. Uh, You know that's got a price tag to it. And if we surpass our our goals for what we need to run the show, there's great things like making public appearances, maybe having Jim come visit us and uh doing a, the, a live show with the three of us together, all that kind of stuff. So or us
1: going to visit Jim, or us going to crash on his couch,
0: and maybe I just want to play as loot. Maybe yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, hypothetically, <laughs> we could make a European tour. Yeah, visit European our, tour. There we go. Visit our European guys. Out there. <laughs> uh, we'll have Jim open with his loot skills. Yeah, definitely. Bad uh, loot skills. So <laughs> <You> Patri-
2: turkeys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's patreon.com slash dune soccer podcast. Right, games.
1: right. And uh, premiering next month will be Jim's loot album. <laughs> <laughs> Stores <laughs> no, no, it was Only in your wildest imagination, while he r- r- rides off in the sunset on the sun- sandworm.
0: <laughs>
1: now, oh, man. Now I know how Zamfear feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Anyways, we would love, love, love to have your support. And, you know, one of the bonuses for being a Patreon supporter is... We just released our, 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 Brian Herbert interview and we're working on giving like a Kevin J. Anderson interview down the pike and we'll get a Brian on again. A lot of these interviews and stuff we will release early into the Patreon feed. So Patreon has, if you, if you're a Patreon member, you'll get emails, updates when we update content to Patreon. Mm-hmm. And if you paid for content, it'll just say, Hey, you know what? you you can get this a few days earlier so you kind of are a part of the club. You'll all get it. You'll always get all our content. It's just you might get a little bit of an advance. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. So, so uh, the other thing that we have out there and we mentioned this before is we do have an app and I'm just going to quickly mention it again. It is called the Zog Pod Collective and it hosts a bunch of different podcasts. One of the prominent podcasts on it is the Dune Saga podcast and it's a great way to you can tweet us from that. You can email us. You can call in to the voicemail number and just leave it straight from the app. You don't even have to remember that long number I read at the beginning of the show. You just have to hit a button, and it will dial straight from your phone. So it's available on Android devices and on iDevices. Great. So, great. Well, I think we should just move into our listener feedback. Yeah. We yeah. got some great stuff. This great month. stuff. And, uh, Jim, why don't you start us off with the
2: email that Anthony wrote us? Okay, Anthony says, I am a recent listener to the podcast and my first time emailing you guys. My introduction to Dune was the 1984 movie, and I agree that it was terrible. I even heard David Lynch divorced himself from the movie. The miniseries and and Children of Dune, however, had a better plot element and better acting. I prefer both to the 1984 movie. With that being said, I have to play devil's advocate and say Lynch's Dune was considered to be one of his more graspable movies. Uh, Took a film course at Rutgers and saw Mulholland Drive, one of his more complex films. Some of the students said that Mulholland Drive was hard to grasp. There were two things you had to look for to grasp the entire film it makes you appreciate how simple dune was the movie might have been good per se but at least i didn't have to spend the entire time looking for clues to grasp the meaning of the movie love listening to the podcast and anthony awesome well I
1: mean, so devil's advocate here more the most you know i can't let me say this anthony i i don't know i vaguely remember watching maholan drive and i didn't, i don't think i even knew it was a lynch movie at the mm-hmm. time and what other Lynch movies are there? Like, the only Lynch movie that I hear about, because maybe the channels and the areas, man, is the is this one.
0: Well, I hear about Twin Peaks all the time. Yeah, it's Twin Peaks. Series.
1: Yeah, it's a series. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Was that his series? Yeah. But as far as movies go, is this the most graspable of his movies? And if so, that's almost similar. I don't even know oh, the no, other
0: ones, it. honestly. I mean, I think I've seen Mulholland Drive, but I can't really make a comment on it. Yeah. Jim, how about you?
2: Um. No, I, I. The only thing I know of that I've seen from David Lynch is just the '84 Dune.
1: Yeah, so I guess that says something. His films are, I guess, might be more obscure.
0: I think they're more art than. Yeah. Well, I think general. He tr- yeah, he, he
1: tried to make that with Dune too, and. Mm-hmm. Of course, saying it's more graspable than his other films is maybe not saying too much.
2: <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh,
1: but uh, I don't know. He he too though said he prefers the miniseries both versions, both miniseries over the Lynch film, and I think I'm kind of with him on that.
0: Yeah, you know, we got a lot of people who love Lynch out there. Yeah. Love love the David Lynch film. There are so.
1: some elements of Lynch that I did like better, as we mentioned on the
0: podcast. But so uh, Matt says here in the chat that uh, they have a lot of the uh, actors from. Dune in the Twin Peaks series, so,
1: so, oh, we get a lot of, and Jason actually chimed in and us a lot of the other uh, movies that Lost Highway, Eraserhead, Elephant Man, Blue Velvet, uh, The Inland Empire are the most of his other films, huh. and I haven't seen any of them. I
0: might have seen Blue Blue uh, Velvet. So. I might, have, I think, I heard of Elephant Man. I've heard of Eraserhead well uh, <laughs> all right moving on uh brant Burnett, loot man, no, I'm just right, it's loot man. <laughs> that's no. another one of his films yes yeah, starring. starring
1: jim arwood
0: wow all right <laughs> david, david go ahead Brandt, i'm bad i'm sorry brant Burnett shines <laughs> in and he says in response to your thoughts about my comment on paul of dune being a betrayal of frank herbert's work first of all thanks for the kind words about my bad review of the book I'm certainly not above just blindly lashing out at a book slash movie, etc., and have done so plenty of times in the past. And I'll probably continue to do so as well as the more positive version that being as well as the more positive version, that being the expression of blind love for things I enjoy. But there's a time for thoughtless expression of opinion, and there's a time to go a little deeper. And I know that if I was going to say something about Paul of Dune to you guys, who, doing a podcast, are, ex- are exemplifying going deeper, then I had to at least have a clear argument. I don't think I have much to add here except to disagree with something said by, oh, I think it was David. I probably was. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not positive about that. <laughs> Anyways, the implication was made that maybe in Dune, the written ad were f- from Irland's work could have been seen as being fictitious, whereas everything else could be seen as the objective truth. Therefore, since the bit about Paul never leaving Caldan until he traveled to Arrakis appeared in one of these Irulan sections, that means it might not be truth. I would ask you to take a moment to consider whether there is any evidence, any whatsoever, that Frank Herbert intended that to be the case. I think you will find that there is none. What's more, given how intensely philosophical Herbert tended to be, and given that those epigraphs were used to express so much of the core philosophies that underline the novels, I think it'd be possible to make a case arguing that the epigraphs actually represent Herbert himself more strongly than the rest of the novel does. In other words, all signs point to Herbert himself intending those epigraphs to be taken as the truth in terms of what we are saying about the story and characters. Unless there is some hard and compelling evidence somewhere within the text saying otherwise, then that's the only way to read them as far as I can tell. I'm open to being proven wrong. I'm certainly not immune from getting things wrong. I don't think I'm wrong about this though, so it's not that, it's not then, so if not, then at best, Paul of Dune offers contradictions. At worst, it offers a, a refutation of the original text, and I just can't support that. I mean, no offense, of course, every reader makes his own decision about such things, and if somebody really wants to, I guess they can pretend these novels are all sequels to The Godfather. I don't know why anyone would do that, but that'd be well within their rights to do so. For me, though, I think it's always important when dealing with licensed spinoffs like this to keep in mind the intent of the original creator of the world. To some extent, if Star Trek isn't honoring the furthering of... if Star Trek isn't honoring and furthering what Gene Roddenberry was all about, then it's not living up to the name Star Trek. The same goes for Dune. And in claiming that Paul left Caladan many, many times before traveling to Arrakis, I don't believe Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson were honoring and furthering what Frank Herbert was all about. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. As always, thanks for the podcast.
1: All right. I do have a bone to pick with one thing that he says. We'll probably get a long email from this. Yeah. Um, the idea that he's calling this a licensed spin-off. Yeah. Because this is not a spin-off, it's a continuation of the div- Godfather movies. Of the no. 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 It's, a, it's a continuation of the bra- of the Frank Herbert universe, or it's a development of the background of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to say that just because they're arguing over this one small bit whether he left Caladan or not. That therefore is not honoring the Dune universe seems a bit far fetched to me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there are certain small things that don't line up. This being one of them, it doesn't discount the rich history that we got in the in the the six books that came prior. I'm not including the the, the school books, but the six books that came prior to it and the background that we got in them. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, that, that's yeah. just the way I feel. I feel like, and I, I, you know, again, I I'm not saying that there certainly aren't some differences, but
0: I don't know. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Well, here's the thing. I feel like we learned a lot from talking with Brian, and certainly that maybe we should make a note and bring this up next time we talk to him. Right. Uh, see what he has to say. But my impression that we got from him was that a lot of this stuff was hinted at in original Frank's stuff. Right. You know, like these like um he spoke specifically about um Paul and Jessica's meeting and how hit their writing of Paul and Jessica's reading was in, it was it was taken verbatim. Verbatim. Yeah. Right. So the the version in how the House books is, is Frank's version, even though it doesn't match what's said in Dune. Right. So it's kind of like and maybe it's because it was at a brainstorming stage, you know, that right. when he wrote it down, that it does have those, like, it's not it's not tied in together. But originally, those are kind of some of the things he, he was... Yeah, so it is kind of frank. I agree with yeah. that, yeah. I mean, and who knows? I mean, we'll have to, like I said about that's Brian, but I mean, if this was something originally planned or not. I know it's mentioned in doing Messiah, I believe, uh, we'll see when we read it this month, that they do mention that she's inflating the truth to right. a degree. They don't ever—I don't think they ever dig too deep into it, but that she right. is. So the question doing. is: if
1: if what's being read in the epigraphs, what's being written there, is inflated truth, and that's that's the question he's asking. Right. He, he thinks it's literal, but uh, is it inflated or not? And you know, who
2: knows? Know. We can't ask Frank; he's no longer around. Than, yeah. Any uh, thoughts,
0: Jim? Yeah,
2: I—I'm uh, not going to disagree with what he says. It that works for him. For me, all of the books that we have read so far uh weave into an, a really great tapestry of a story that I'm getting I'm getting totally into and uh I guess if there's any inconsistency there it, it just doesn't bother me or stand out enough to uh draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah.
1: Very good. Well, we do appreciate you writing in, and so don't take our disagreement as don't write in again because we don't feel that way at all. We love hearing your thoughts, and you can disagree with us again. We would (laughs) totally welcome it. Totally welcome it. Uh, Well, let's move on. We got an email in from Naomi, and uh, she writes this. The miniseries was my first exposure to the Dune universe. I didn't catch it on sci-fi. My neighbor passed me the DVD when it was first released. He knew that I he, he knew he knew that I would enjoy the movie, and boy was he right. I was glued to the TV, only to take my eyes off the screen to change DVDs. After watching it, I remember sitting and thinking about what I just saw, and later that night, I watched it again. Only well, had it, so he sat there, so get this, five hours watching it, then we watch it again later that night. Holy smokes. That's like 10 hours of Dune. Holy uh, smokes. Man. So the D V inspired me. This is the awesome part here. The D V inspired me to buy the book and read. This is something that has never happened to me before. Two chapters into Frank Herbert Dune, and I was hooked. It wasn't an easy read, but I especially enjoyed the bits of philosophy in the book that made me stop to read and think about the lessons to be learned after reading the first three Frank Herbert books, I moved to the house series and loved reading more about the characters who I grew to love so much. Brian Herbert and Kevin G Anderson, uh, wiring was a big change for Frank Herbert, but the quick flow and action, in the house series was refreshing. I want to thank you guys for inspiring me to read the legend series. It was a hesitant to start. I was hesitant to start, uh, because it was so far back into the past, it turned out to be a wonderful series continuing on to the sisterhood and the Mentats of Dune. I also want to let you know that I enjoy the polls and wouldn't want to go on an evil adventure with Raban or Fenring because they'd probably kill me. Yui would probably be boring. I think Fade could arrange a first-class trip and we'd have lots of fun. So thanks again, <laughs> me. Yes, I hope one day David gets his own camera for the video recording of the podcast. <laughs> so that's what we're raising Patreon funds for, his own camera on the podcast. Yeah.
0: It'll have a green screen and not look like I'm in space. And there'll be, like, sand dunes behind uh, him yeah. with a worm
1: coming up to, like, devour him in yeah. the back. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be the best. Yeah. <laughs> i was gonna mention something about Jim's loot, but I won't. <laughs> Jim will be riding a little Sam. Yeah, roller I knew
0: that was gonna get know. in there somewhere. Right? I <laughs> uh, beat that, dead yeah, yeah. So, what, what do you what do you think about what she sang? I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm I come from a similar standpoint. The, just the trailer for the miniseries got me to read the book. So, I come from a similar area. I think it's great that she that she was so. Moved by it and moved into it, and then that she was she read the prequel stuff, uh, and was reading along with us as well. Um, it
1: makes me wonder why she stopped after Children of Doom, why she didn't continue into like Chapter House or God Emperor.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the Children of Doom that's considered the quintessential, like, core, those three yeah. books, you know, uh, it does make a huge time jump after that, so. Yeah. So maybe she just opted to go back rather than do that. So I'm just yeah, curious. That's true. So if you want to let us know why you stopped after *Children of Dune*, we would love to hear back from you on that. I, I love the enthusiasm here. I have to tell a story. This week I went to see um, *Doctor Who* in the theaters. Oh yeah. What, what did you think of *Doctor Who*? It was it was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but afterwards I was talking with some people and I met uh, someone through friends and she's talking about stuff and all of a sudden she breaks out with, "I started reading *Dune*." Or no, somebody asked me how the Dune podcast was going. And then she's like, I started reading Dune. What are you talking about? And I told her, and her mind exploded when she heard that there was more books than just Dune. And she oh, had, really? She had no idea. And then when I told her how many, she was like, oh, what? <laughs> you mean <laughs> so, you didn't just write Dune? Yeah. So it's, uh, that was that was pretty
1: cool. Um, um, well, Jim, why don't you move into Rick's feedback?
2: Okay. I see you left me, the one with the hard words. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll try and get this right, Rick. Subak ul Kuhar, gentlemen. Uh, Love the show. Love your work. Yada, yada, yada. I'm writing today (laughs) to comment on something I'm noticing about Frank Herbert himself. Thanks to your inspiration, I have endeavored to finish the Herbert books, as I had stopped many years ago after God Emperor. To that end, I recently completed reading, well, listening to, Heretics of Dune, and greatly enjoyed it. It was fast-paced, exciting, informative, and with the exception of one head-scratchingly odd bit at the end, a comment I will save until you reach that tome in the show, an altogether wonderful book. Upon its completion, I immediately picked up Chapter House Dune* and popped it into my car's CD player. Well, now I'm four discs in, and what has happened? In fact, I am struggling against the urge to return the rest of the book unread to the library. It seems that there are, or should I say were, two Frank Herberts. One was an animated, engaging storyteller who wove theory and action into a kinetic tapestry that made you as thirsty for the next page as a Harkonan in the great Bled without a still suit, the other is a didactic plodding lecturer that tenured sociology professor who drones on in oblivious monotony while his students suffer blunt force trauma from tumbling out of their chairs at the consciousness <laughs> as the consciousness is crushed out of their benumbed brains. This guy can put some words together. Tell <laughs> me about it, Tell me about it. yes. Sadly, he did not seem capable of mixing these two styles, and so we end up with things like Dune itself being a marvel, while Dune Messiah is a chore to read, Children of Dune clips along, while God-Emperor gets mired in chapters-long diatribes on the social structures and societal pressures. People can say what they want about Brian Herbert, Kevin J. Anderson books, but they are, at the very least, consistent. I'd be interested in your take on this, folks. I also realize you may need to sit on this until y'all have read more of Frank's work, but I wanted to get this sent while it was fresh in my mind. Keep up the great work. Salamaka Alahu Wa Nakaraska Rick Admiral Marius Tetral <laughs> uh, how do you respond is
1: I love the um Description of the two Franks. Yeah. You know, one was animated and gaming yeah. storyteller who wove theory and action into a kinetic tapestry that made you as thirsty for the next page as a heart coated in the great bled without a suit. What what a great <laughs> metaphor he has written there and beautifully worded. And then the one where the, the other is a didactic plotting lecturer, the tenured sociology professor, who drones an oblivious monotony about his students, suffer the blunt force trauma of tumbling out of their chairs. And it's just wonderfully written, Rick. I love this. I love it. Thank you so much for sending this out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, one comment. uh, He comments on uh, what's Chapter House? Heretic. Heretic. We learned Heretic was written in part with uh, Frank's wife while she was dying. Okay.
1: Right. I guess. I I, I forgot. Did we talk about that? Mm -hmm. I need to go back and listen to the interview again, obviously.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, maybe that had a part of it. He was in like a rough part of his life, you know? Yeah. With his, his wife dying of cancer and hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Maybe that had something. Where does Heretics play into the entire series?
1: Uh, well, it's after Chapter House. Okay, so it's God Emperor, Chapter it's House, It's his Her- last book. It's his last book, mm-hmm. and then we get the six and seven. Yeah.
0: We mm-hmm. get um. Mm-hmm. Is it Sandworms and then Hunters yeah. of Dune. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But so it's, the, excuse me, that's seven and eight.
0: Yeah. 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 So it's- yeah. I liked Chapter House, but... I didn't feel, you know...
1: Okay, as you know, if you listen to your podcast, I'm ahead. I didn't feel that Messiah was a chore to read. Uh, I liked Messiah. It was a bit ponderous at times, but... Frank does... Even in in Dune,
0: I felt he was kind of ponderous at times. Mm. First time I read it many, many years ago, I remember feeling like I was waiting for the beat to drop. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I was waiting for. And then before I know it, before it happened, it was over. So I don't.
1: Well, something dropped in Iraq. It wasn't the beat. It wasn't,
0: yeah. It wasn't the beat. Uh, <laughs> but I remember kind of being like, I just want to get, like, I want more of the story. I just want to get through this. But I, didn't, I don't know if I would say it's a chore as much as I was just eager.
1: Well, maybe maybe that's why I just couldn't stop reading at that point. That oh, could be true. And I had to just move right into children. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I think I yeah. finished it and started the other yeah. way the same so day. Yeah, so just the continuation
2: was just there.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Jim. Jim, Jim, you're taking this? Um, definitely a 4.0 GPA email uh, from Rick here. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, a lot of this rings a bell. Uh, two or three years ago, I got from Audible all of the dude books. And I was listening to them mainly while I was cutting the grass, because I've got a lot of land and it takes several hours to do it. And I think I got as far as, um, oh, I, I can't remember which book it was, but it was, as he said, uh, diatribes and just drone, drone, drone. I just quit listening to them. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I I feel your pain, Rick, and, and I know where you're coming from, and I, I'm just wondering how I'm going to deal with it when we get to that point uh, in rereading these. <laughs> you can't let the podcast down, man.
0: <laughs> I promise I, like I won't. <laughs> if you get through God Emperor, I feel like, I mean, I, I can't imagine any of the other ones being worse than that, but and that's my favorite one, so. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah.
1: Well, why don't we move on into sure. my, Michael's email?
0: Yeah. Michael writes this. He says, Hey guys, I love the podcast. I'll try to keep this short. I'm a huge fan of Dune. It's my favorite novel with Dracula a close second. Although Dune is, uh, Dune. Hey, Dune. Whoa. Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Although Dune is my favorite novel, I feel that <clears throat> I feel that others in the series are horrible. As the series went on, they destroyed the characters. In Dune, I thought Idaho was great. But his Gola was the start of a steady decline. I went nuts when they brought back uh, <clears throat> when they brought back in the preacher. I finished the rest of uh, Frank Herbert's series, but I could not stand them. I finished the Prelude to Dune pre- prequel trilogy and didn't think they were bet- were too bad. Nothing special, just glorified fan fiction. I then finished the Legends of Dune series, but was tortured the entire time. After that, I called it quits. I have the hardcover of Paul Dune, but I'm terrified to open it. Have you heard of anyone else who feels this way? Uh, yeah, there's this gentleman, Admiral Marius, uh, right. Rick Cattrall, Uh feels similar to you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> when Even the, uh, what was it, the, uh, the guy that we talked to, Bryant, before, Yeah, totally did not like Paul of Yeah, uh, I think that, now, let me say this, I want to talk about one thing, and then I want to jump a little bit in the chat room, because Matt's chiming into the chat room, too, and you got to address that. But, I think when you read Paula Dune, you have to read Paula Dune thinking that what you have here is really two novellas mm-hmm. with two separate storylines, story one that's happening pre-Dune and one that's happening post-Dune, and if you can separate those two, I don't think that it holds together as well completely as a novel, but you get these two story arcs that I think do flesh out and help understand the story. Right, right. So, um, any, any, any thoughts about what Mike's saying, Jim?
2: Uh, well, it, it, I'm just saddened that he's not enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he likes a podcast, so yeah. that's cool. That's, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think it's interesting that he dislikes them so much, but he's read all of them. Yeah,
2: he, he, he read them.
0: So, uh, so, I mean, I gotta give him props yeah. for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I could offer him free, free loot lessons too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> But can you teach him to balance on a sandworm while
1: playing the lute? That's the real question. <laughs> a, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know,
0: he seems like he must be a completionist. Yeah. So, Mike, if you're a completionist, just read Paul of Dune and you'll get what you get out of it. I mean, you've right. read everything so far. Why not?
1: And I, you might have a little bit of a redeeming factor because you seem to have enjoyed the Kevin J. Anderson and the Brian Herbert books. Maybe even a little bit more than the extended universe of uh, legends uh, of well of Frank Herbert because oh, yeah, yeah. he didn't like the the endings uh, the other books but yeah but Matt Matt by the way, just Matt chimed in the chat room I just finished chapter house and all this talk about aristocracy and the social structure goes way over my head, so it'll be interesting to get to that book and actually talk about that but he's kind of echoing some of these sentiments that some of these books are yeah, A very philosophical. And very little story.
0: Yeah, and we were talking before about uh, Dune Messiah being short. Roland chimed in and said, uh, "Audio book for Dune is twenty one hours. The audiobook for Dune Messiah is eight. I know, so yeah. short. Yeah, and then there's the Wheel of Time
1: book that I am reading, which is like thirty okay. <laughs> hours though. <laughs> but all right. Uh, so Abner chimed in, and I think this actually came through the app because nice app. I like it. What's the best way to start reading Dune in order? Thanks, Abner. So uh, any of you guys want to chime in here?
2: Go ahead first, Jim. I think the way we're doing it is very good. Yeah.
1: The only thing I would say that uh, you may, if, if you really want to read them in order, you might opt to do this, do the school books, which we've opted to wait to do because we're kind of hoping the third one comes out by the time we finish the series.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if the cliffhang. Yeah. That would bug me. Yeah. To just, like, go on. And I would never remember when they came back. To right, it. right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm finding reading it in order like this is a lot of fun and it adds a lot to the story. It's helpful for yeah. me. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I don't see anything wrong with reading it in the original way. I mean, that's how I did it originally. Yeah. But it, if, if you're new to the series and you enjoy science fiction for science fiction and it's not just because you read the first Dune book and you like the philosophy and you just like general sci- sci- sci-fi, start at the beginning. Of yeah, the I would, I would say that.
1: Yeah. If you have read the first Dune book and that's your only experience and you want more of that, you may want to continue with uh, the Frank Herbert yeah. universe. that universe. So. Yeah.
0: so when you wrote these up, did you mm. purposely give yourself, like, the one sentence? Yeah, one you know, three, I
1: just, I'm terrible at reading. i an English like, teacher, and I can't read worth a darn. Jim so. and David
0: can handle the big one.
1: That's right, right. In fact, Jim, why don't you handle this big one? This is a little bit bigger than mine.
2: <laughs> All right. This one's from Benjamin. It says, Yodorowsky Dune. No mention of just how unlikely this was would have been interesting and epic, but without them going on about the twin-headed dolphin Dolly wanted to piss into. It's hard to take the project that seriously. I will admit the blue glowing spice, cinnamon, cinnamon is the best Herbert could do, and the magical conception through transmutation of blood have grown on me, though. I never did think the wives' theme tacked on at the end was sufficiently developed. It was the one part Raffaella de Laurentiis did right leaving out. The whole terrible fate avoided by self-sacrifice is far more ultimately messianic as well, and doesn't reek of sequelitis. In some ways, it is possible this film version could have been better than the book, but there are so many ways it might have ended up campy or cheap looking. Yeah. Uh from Benjamin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about that talking about Juraszki's Dune, which of course we don't have any completed Dune, but we got a little bit of glimpse of into the film.
0: It would it would have definitely looked campy and cheesy. Guarantee, I guarantee yeah. that. I mean, seeing his other films made at the same time, yeah. They look horrible. Now, if he would have so made bad. now if he would have made that film today,
1: it may he may have been able to pull it off without it feeling very campy,
0: right? It probably would have felt more like uh, Prometheus, I think. Yeah. In in yeah. Now, however, would it have eclipsed the book? I think it would. Have, it's almost a different story. Yeah, it is almost. Well, he what he didn't read the
1: book, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. or he didn't read it at the time he, had, he took on a film. So
0: he had some good ideas in general. Now, uh, one of the things we learned at our showing is that he took a lot of his ideas from the film that you know weren't actually part of dune and added them into his graphic novels which is what he wound up going on to do more of right um i haven't had a chance to read those but uh we heard from other people that they are fairly good yeah so oh very good why don't uh you take on roland's email okay roland writes in he says this is about the dune miniseries he says Hi, David, Scott, and Jim. I've only had the chance to watch the first two parts of the miniseries, so I'll give you my response up to that point. Slacker. I know. (laughs) Uh, Didn't finish it. I know. Uh, (laughs) Slacker. If my feelings change after I watch part three, I'll let you know. The miniseries is much better than the 1984 movie. I'm particularly glad they didn't do character personal thoughts as voiceovers. My biggest complaint is I find the series a bit slow. It's interesting for me since I read the books. However, I feel it's a bit boring if I, if, if I wasn't constantly comparing it to scenes from the book. My only other complaint is the blue eyes. They are too bright sometimes and inconsistent throughout the series. It's very distracting. I give the miniseries four out of five. And you are in agreement with us because that's what we
1: gave the entire miniseries. I think the last part he would really enjoy. It picks up the pace just a little bit toward the end.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They fix the eye things and children mm-hmm. do too. They do. They do, so they have better eyes. Maybe they they consume more spice, so their eyes maintain the blueness you uh,
0: You got to stay in the universe,
2: right? Right? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Reasons
1: for it. Yeah. Jim, uh, any thoughts on what Roland's saying here?
2: Um, oh. Yeah, I have to agree about the eyes. They they did distract me from time to time.
0: You know, it is slow, and I think that that's where the whole half hour uh, prerequisite talk
1: kind of helps. Uh, you know, I think the other thing is. And I keep telling myself it felt like this time I I even said to you, I said the pacing felt slow at times, Mm -hmm. but remember this is spread over three nights and depending where they left the cliffhanger from the night before you were waiting and you can tolerate a half an hour of background or development and have it be a little bit slow. If you know, you're going to get some faster things, but sitting down five hours to watch, you're going to feel a little bit differently about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move in. This is uh, from uh, Alex, uh, Jowski via Twitter. And he said, start listening through your archives. Great show. And then we had, is it Adham and Tha uh, via Twitter? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. You guys are the best and never miss an episode of the podcast. Awesome work. So thank you. Yeah. We appreciate those kind thoughts and sentiments. Um, Well, I want to share we have one more email before we get into some iTunes reviews. And this comes from Matt. And he writes this: "Greetings from Sweden." So he's chiming in from Sweden. I don't know if he's still in the chat room, but wow, that's quite a bit quite a bit away. So I mean, he's
0: up. He's really late. or really early, depending how you yeah, look at it. He was just talking
1: a couple. <laughs> yeah, thirty five minutes ago he was on. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about the miniseries. I've already touched on this in a previous mail, but I thought I'd chime in with my two cents. Well, from a narrative standpoint, the miniseries blows the 1984 movie out of the water. No pun intended. It's just simply a better script. And with the considerably longer total runtime, they can do so much more with it. But there are some things that I simply can't get over, namely all the budget constraints. I'm talking sets, Jimmy agrees with you, costumes, and some of the actors, and thankfully, the sparsely used CGI. Take the emperor, for example, who's supposed to look, oh, I don't know, emperor-like. Instead, he looks like the spitting image of Liberace. I'm serious. Look at the picture (laughs) I attached. Uh, And I can see it now that he said that. Don't even get me started on your (laughs) butterfly dress. What were they thinking? In terms of acting, it's pretty uneven. It can go from very convincing to some cheesy guy in a funny hat delivering the most overactive line I've ever heard. People seem to make a big deal about the fact that William Hurt is in it. But judging from every se- everything I've seen of him, he has less of a personality than a sand trout. Great line, by the way. <laughs> uh, overall, it was a very enjoyable experience, but, like the movie, leaves some things to be desired. All said, I like both the movie and the miniseries, albeit for different aspects. I'd like to say that if the two were combined, it would be the Kwisatz Haderach movies. So I think they're talking, he's actually talking about Children of Dune, which we'll talk about later on. He wrote another part that we eliminated. Um, I'm hoping this isn't the last time we see Dune on the big screen. But with the attention of Jodorowsky's documentary received, and not to mention the fact that Frank Herbert's book, Soul Catcher, is getting the movie tri- treatment, I think it's just a matter of time before the spice will flow again. The Dune saga is far from over. Keep up the good work kind regards Matt
0: yeah uh, we heard some, some brief talkings that there might be more movie talk
1: yeah so Soul Catcher I'm glad that you mentioned it. he's actually still here so 3.30 over in Sweden right now and it is what time here I don't have it right here in front it's, uh, of 9.30. It's 9.30 so 6 hours ahead wow so he's up early So, are late, or we're entertaining him on the late shift, maybe. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the fact that Soul Catcher, I haven't read, but I definitely want to read this before I go see the movie when it comes out. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that he has another book of his that is actually making it into theaters. Yeah, Uh, yeah. uh, So, what do you
0: think about what he's saying here about the miniseries? I mean, the CG, looking back, it bothers me. But, in general, I mean, I love william hurt in it and i I guess i'm one of those people that makes a big deal out of it and it's not because i'm a william hurt fan per se because i can't say that he's ever like great in anything that he does i just like him as a person in films like he just looks you know sometimes you like actors because they just look cool it's like daniel craig you know and like william hurt and and i don't know someone else that looks cool patrick stewart like anytime you see them it's it's just like oh yeah I like that guy. Right. And there's not because of what he's doing in that movie just I like that guy. Yeah. Well you
1: know he 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 has some
0: memorable roles in some
1: movies but I you know I liked him as Lito, you know. But Yeah, I I'm sorry if the feed's lagging. There's just not a lot I can do beyond what we are uh, already doing. I'm already like using my data just to keep us online here tonight with our phone. The, yeah. the chat room's complaining about lag. But,
0: uh, next next month. Yeah, it hopefully be it'll be better. It should
1: yeah. be changed. New internet. Um, what do you think about the Emperor looking like Liberace? That's a great image.
0: <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, it he does. does. He
1: does. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Jim was rolling off his chair when he said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, do you see it, Jim? Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. Uh, you see that look-alike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I oh, love uh, it. <laughs> nah, okay. All right. Well, Jim, why don't you bring us into some iTunes reviews here? And uh, Matt Gregory oh. is uh,
2: left his. Yeah, Matthew says, I love this podcast rating five stars. I recently discovered this podcast. What great timing as I am in the process of reading the whole series of Dune books, including the controversial newer ones by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Their examination of the books are thoughtful and intelligent, and the three guys have fun chemistry together in their discussions. They've had me laughing more than a few times, and are very likable. No nerd style snobbishness here. I love it.
0: Well, wow, thank ah, you. Yep,
2: yeah, we appreciate that feedback. Yeah, and uh, no nerd snobbiness. Well, I'm glad
0: well, I mean, about- Unless you're tooting around uh a- Loot, pretending it's a Bella set. Right, right, and then there's some music snobbishness. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> Jim's never going to talk to us again. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> we might, we might, be, we might be down one co-host the next show.
2: <laughs> I thought this Anyways. was the Dune Saga podcast, not the Loot Saga podcast. <laughs>
1: Oh man, you're on the wrong show, Jim. <laughs> that explains. <laughs> that oh, explains. You've been trying to give us loot lessons the entire time, and we've been, we haven't been getting it, man. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I don't uh, even know how to
2: tune one to tell the truth,
1: <laughs> dude. Oh man, uh, do you want to read the uh, next one here, Jim?
2: Sure. Uh, American cankles. Uh their knife does not chip and shatter. Rating five stars. An excellent podcast recap and walkthrough of one of the richest science fiction universes. The hosts split the podcast into a recap, a review, and listener feedback, which is a truly inspired move. Uh, so many memories have been reawakened by this show. A must-listen for dude fans of any age. The spice must flow. And it says Yasaki Yori, United States of America. Yeah, that that's actually the next guy. Think, oh, that's so
1: actually that yeah, that would be you the know, next one. Sorry. Yeah. So you know what I like is he says so many memories have been reawakened in the show. That's you know that's I know awesome. that so, I know that some of you haven't read Dune in quite some time, and it was bringing you a trip down memory lane or making you relive some of the nightmares that you had from some of the Dune books. <laughs> We're glad to be here. And walking with you on that journey. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 All right. Do you want to read the uh, last one? I get it. I get you it. got it? You got it? Sure. Yeah. Very good.
0: Well, we have one more review from iTunes. And Sasuke Yori says, uh, with a five-star rating, you guys are doing a great job. So thanks. So you yeah. for supporting us. Yeah, that's and awesome. Thanks for all of the support from all Absolutely. of you. Absolutely from from those just listening at home to those who write us, those from- staying up at three forty five in the morning in
1: Sweden and listening yeah. to us in the chat room. That's awesome. That, that is, and we, we're grateful for the chat room tonight. We've had a nice chat room. There's seven to eight. There there were about, there were upwards towards seven, eight, nine people in the chat room at different points. Yeah. And for those of you listening on the podcast, we record. We we, we have on our website. When we're going to be recording and we may not always advertise we're doing it live, but if as long as we don't have feed issues, we uh, try to do it live and you can actually join us to hear the conversation and chime in as we're talking. It's absolutely an awesome experience yeah. and we love, we love the
0: chat room. I know that sometimes the chat room goes on its own tangents and I've heard from a couple of the people who take part that they love the discussion that's in the chat room because they're talking about what we're talking about and then they can go back and listen to the podcast later and, and hear all the stuff they missed because they were arguing right. over whether or not a ballast was a loot or whatnot in the, <laughs> in, the in the chat. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, uh, as we wrap up here, I, there's no bad reviews. I actually looked some up and I just didn't think that any of them were constructive or different or unique in any way. It was, it was a lot of just the, basic i don't like this movie kind of right stuff that right. didn't necessarily have anything to do with dune in general yeah. um so we had that just uh go over some stuff uh, next time dune messiah that's what we're gonna be talking dune about. messiah yeah so if you want to be a part of our listener feedback show and uh, get your comments on about dune messiah or anything else dune that you feel like you'd like to talk to us about past books future books whatever we'll uh, we'll take it so you can do so by emailing us at dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave feedback on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash dunesagapodcast or get, shoot us a tweet at dunesagapodcast. Right. right. You can also call us on our listener feedback line at one two six
1: zero five seven seven 577 chat. That's one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. 577 2428 And you know, the easiest way to do that? You just go download our app for your Android or iPhone or whatever device that you have, and there's a little button you can just hit within the app and just call us and you don't have to remember that number and you can email us, you can you can respond to us and you get all the backlog of episodes of the Dune Saga right in your phone and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, it's great. Uh so the the poll question for this month is who is your favorite actor character combination? From the 1984 David Lynch film, Dune. Uh, and you can find that poll on our website on any of the posts. It'll be right at the bottom. And uh, take part in that there and see see what's up. Um, and uh, at this point, we would uh, congratulate any of our Patreons who were at the $10 level. Uh, we haven't had anyone there. But if you'd like to be the first, head on over to patreon.com slash dunesaga podcast and check out our campaign there. We also have a special... Uh, page on our website the, where our siege members are listed, so you can check that out too yeah. to see who's uh, supporting the show. Yeah. So I think that's about it, huh?
2: Go ahead. Well, hold on, I should like to add that anybody that gets on that Patreon at the thousand dollar per episode level will get free loot lessons. Whoa! <laughs> <That's not me. laughs> okay, Watch it. it's just so gonna round go per episode level.
1: All right. <laughs> You realize, Jim, now that we've said that, we actually have to deliver that. <laughs> and I'm just, just saying just, in that. Well, <laughs> Hey, I'll
2: just do it like I do at school. I'll just stay one page ahead of the kids. That's,
1: <laughs> that, 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 that's the way I teach sometimes, too, unfortunately. Yeah. That 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 works. Oh, uh, loot lessons. Maybe I'll have to pledge that. I'm like, yeah, oh, I like to loot. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, <laughs> that is
2: awesome. Well, and, um, and well, so, uh, go ahead if if i can't if i can't deliver we you, we will give you your money back
0: Oh. I thought the, I thought that we had some lag there for a second and then I was like no that's a joke <laughs> oh, that's terrible
1: we really need to wrap up this show and get yeah. not ever to get too distracted but anyways if you would love to support the Patreon we would love to have you join us in our yeah. Patreon yeah. campaign you can do that at patreon.com uh, patreon.com slash dune saga podcast it will yeah. take, you, take you there and you can also find the links from our site
0: yeah. So for the Dune Saga podcast, I'm David Moulton.
2: I am Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood, your favorite lute teacher, saying, May Shy Halud clear the path before you.